Zach Harrison. He's going to be a wanted man. Numerous NFL teams will want him to play defensive end for him. What kind of pro prospect is it? What round should we expect him to get drafted? And we go over all that with our favorite NFL draft analyst during today's episode of Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Friday, April 28th in the year 2023, and with us once again to wrap up the week. Day two of the draft is here. Day three is tomorrow. It's my guy, Ryan Roberts. He is a NFL draft scout for Rise in Draft Scouting. Ryan is going to be locked in to day two and day three of the draft. And there's three defensive players at Ohio State that might get drafted during this portion of the 2023 NFL Draft. Ryan Roberts, welcome back to Locked on Buckeyes. Absolutely, bro. Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm excited to be back on. Yeah, no problem. Ryan and I have gone through um, almost every offensive player. There was a little mishap on my end as far as a segment Ryan and I recorded that got lost out there somewhere in the cloud, and I can't get that back. Um, that was a se- segment we did on Luke Whippler. But we got three more defensive players to go over, Ronnie, Ronnie Hickman, Cam Brown, and Zach Harrison. Three talented defensive players. Ryan, it's not the talent we're used to at Ohio State going into the NFL draft, but all three of these guys can make an NFL roster and play football in the NFL in the fall. Oh, they can. I mean, we're not talking about the Nick Bosa's, Chase Young's, Joey Bosa's of the world, right? We're not talking about the Pete Warner's even. I, I think that we're talking about good role players at the next level. And I think there's different levels of how good of role players each one will be at the next level when you're talking about Harrison, Hickman, and Cam Brown, but I think that there are appealing traits to each one of those guys and some really good film that we can obviously make our evaluation off of at, at times sporadically during the career of each player. So I'm excited to talk about these, man, because I feel like a lot of draft coverage is just super oversaturated with like, let's talk about the first round guys over and over and over again. But we also forget that the day two, day three, priority free agent types are the guys that make up the majority of these rosters, right? These are the guys that really take good rosters to great rosters, great rosters to elite rosters. Like these are the separators in a lot of ways. So these role players, these depth pieces, I think that they're very important and and players that we don't highlight enough because they're not the sexy guys to talk about this time of year. Shaquille O'Neal, for those of you that follow the NBA or watch him um, during the NBA playoffs on TNT, he always talks about the others, the other guys that are on an NBA roster that make an NBA team go. You can't have Shaq and Kobe be who they are without a Robert Ory or Rick Fox with the Lakers. So you have to have the other guys there to allow the stars to be the stars, so all the stars to have the freedom to do the things that they need to do on a football field for the football team to be successful. There's a guy in Zach Harrison, Ryan, that some say can be a starter in the NFL. I'm not going to go there just yet and say he's going to start year one or maybe even year two, but I do believe Zach Harrison can be a solid piece more of an NFL journeyman type player once he's in the National Football League. Do you agree with that, that he's probably going to be a guy that's um, an eventual starter in the NFL, but probably not a starter in year one or two? 
I think that he's going to be a key contributor as a rookie and maybe even into his second year, but I do think he has the talent. I mean, certainly has the talent to be a starter on the next level. I mean, this is one of those kids, Jay, and there was a reason that he was a former five-star recruit, right? Is the fact that you can't teach being six, four, I'm sorry, six, five and a half. You can't teach being 272 pounds, 36 and a quarter inch arms, 85 and a half inch wingspan. Man, I don't know where they're getting these wingspans at Ohio State, man. I'm talking <laughs> about Dewan Jones and Paris Johnson and now Zach Harrison, right? But like Zach was also a kid that was rumored, you know, to you know run a hundred meter dash in about ten eight, ten nine in tennis shoes in high school, right? Not even, or I, I think he was in, in work boots or something like that. It was like some really weird story. But this kid's a freaking nature athlete and a, a kid that didn't really put it together his first three years. You know, like it was kind of one of those things where. He, you saw the flashes, but then you saw just too many games and too many drives and too many plays where it was just, where's Zach Harrison, right? Like he kind of disappears a little bit. 2022, I thought he really had easily his best season for Ohio State. Definitely his most productive and his most impactful, but he brings, I think, a lot of things to the table where you say, even if he never hits his ceiling, Still brings a relatively high floor, man, because what this kid's going to be at the next level, at worst, in my opinion, is a really key rotational piece on a in early downs on the NFL because this kid has incredible length. He's very strong and powerful. He's going to be able to set a firm edge. He's going to be able to make plays in the run game. And if you're able to untap the pass rush upside of him, which we saw at times, I mean, tur- you know, turn on the Maryland tape this past year. He was wait, playing against Jalen Duncan, who's a very talented offensive tackle. And I mean, he was bull rushing him into the lap a couple of times and finishing with a couple of sacks on Talia Tagovailoa that, that game, right? So there's flashes of what Zach Harrison gave you in the past. It's just maddeningly inconsistent, man. Like there's some games you can see it more often than not. And there's other games where you don't see it at all. I don't know where he projects as far as being a consistent work against the pass guy. But I think in the run game, man, he brings a very high floor because because at worst, this kid's going to be powerful. He's going to set a firm edge, and he's going to have that length that you see on film. And I think it's what you want from a guy like Zach Harrison to come in and do the things that he's good at immediately. You mentioned the run game, um, the bull rushing. I think his length kind of goes – it gets talked about. Yep. But it's one thing that I don't know if the, if the average football fan truly – understands and appreciates the length that he has. We talk about Zach Harrison. People think he's going to be an elite pass rusher. Ryan, I don't know if he'll ever be an elite pass rusher or an above-average pass rusher at the next level. I don't know. I think with his length and his strength that he has, he can be a guy who's a guy who does a good job at setting the edge and is a force in the run game. I do believe yeah. Zach Harrison can be that. You think about early downs, that's Zach Harrison. And so the length there... You got you talking about Paris Johnson Jr. and Dewan Jones. Those arms, those long arms of his could be the kryptonite or whatever tackle he's going against because they might not be able to get to where they want to go because the the length of Harrison gets to gets to them first and they cannot overcome that. So his length might be one of his biggest assets because he uses it very well. And I do yeah. think the hand um hand combat or maybe the hand moves that Larry Johnson teaches those things will translate to the next level for Zach Harrison. So I've been critical of him. You've been critical of him. We've done numerous shows talking about him um, in preseason. But I do think Zach Harrison is a guy that at the next level, he can use his, his length to his advantage in the run game. 
Oh, no, he absolutely can. Because I, I think the one cool thing about Zach is with his God-given measurables, being 6'5 and a half, having the length he has, and, you know, he's got a he's got a very well-filled out, you know, frame, but I also think that he could put on a little bit more weight. I think this kid's a pretty alignment versatile player. And when I say that, it's like, I don't think he necessarily has to just play on the edge full time. Like I think he could play five. He could play six. I think he could play some four and four. I, if you're also running some odd man fronts at times and then an obvious pass rushing situations, I don't know if he'll ever be the guy on the outside that is going to consistently threaten the outside track with, cause he just doesn't have the bend to do it. But if you move him inside on obvious pass rushing downs and he's playing some three tech where that length is really going to be a plus against guards, I think that that also could be a nice little, you know, a nice little transition or a nice little projection for him to eventually do that. But again, man, people need these types of players that whether you're working between an even or an odd man front, because we're seeing it more now, like there's very little teams in the NFL that are strictly a four-man front or strictly a three-man front. There's a lot of variety in how they do that now, just with the passing league the way it is now. Having a guy like this that can play between that four-man front and that three, both on the edge and work in some interior at times, it's very valuable. And honestly, like we saw mostly on the outside at, at Ohio State, but seeing him inside in obvious pass rush situations, we haven't seen that that much, right? And I, I'm looking at that and I'm like, it's an unknown but there's traits there where I say, you know, against a guard that is a, you know, six, two and a half, six, three and 32 inch arms, he's going to be able to outreach that dude all the time. And his, and his bend is probably going to be a lot better suited to work on the interior. So I think that length, that size profile makes him alignment versatile, gives him a pretty high floor as a run defender. But also, I don't think we can discount that there might be some pass rush upside here potentially. Now it's a wild card. It's not a known commodity. But as the NFL, as he transitions and being more of kind of a movable chess piece, I think he's going to have some advantages to take, you know, to to take advantage of his length and athleticism against interior offensive linemen at times, which I think could help that pass rush upside. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all of the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built. You gotta try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors still at Built.com. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter puff, and churro puff. You can thank me later. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ryan, last thing on Zach Harrison, but before moving on to Ronnie Hickman, what round do you think Zach Harrison is elected in this year's draft? I would say third round is probably where he ends up getting taken because I think that there's a combination of this, right? It's, I think film before this season was a day three football player. I really do. I I don't think that his, his film in 2021 just did nothing for me, to be honest. It didn't. 2022 was a lot better. But again, you're still projecting a role at the next level as a pass rusher that you just haven't seen enough of, right? So I'm going to say tentative third round. Could he get drafted in the second round? It's always possible because, again, he has the measurables where a good defensive line coach is going to look at him and say, I can get the most out of that guy. Like, Mm -hmm. I I, I can't Mm -hmm. teach the traits that he has. But ultimately, I think it's third round just because there's a lot of projection as a pass rusher, but he does bring a high floor as a run defender. And I think that that stuff does matter. We undersell that a little bit. But I think he has the opportunity to go on day two just because I think that the role is clear at the next level, if nothing else. In 2021, Ronnie Hickman was the leading tackler for Ohio State, and there was a lot of promise and belief that in 2022, Ronnie Hickman would take his game to the next level. Unfortunately, that did not happen. The Buckeyes um, had a new defensive coordinator come in, and Hickman being a big piece of the pie was what people thought he would be. But as the season progressed, it seemed like some of his worst football was played during his final playing game, playing days at Ohio State. Ronnie Hickman's a player that I was high on, but I kept falling off the Ronnie Hickman train the deeper we got into the season in 2022. Ryan, that's what I saw when I saw Ryan Hick- Ronnie Hickman play this year. What did you see when you watched the film? I thought there was a lot of good with Ronnie, but then there was – the Michigan game, right? Which mm. is one that you just can't get out mm. of your mind, man. I, and again, I don't want to hyper-focus on one football game, but, I mean, that was one of the better teams that Ohio State played all year, right? I mean, you That's played a delicate the way to say, to talk about that game in general. Like, you could yes. go anywhere with that because I know you can't stand that team. Yes. But you are Michigan. choosing words very wisely. Because I know that people probably on YouTube like, I can't stand that guy. He's being too nice. And they might hop <laughs> into you in the comment section and just rip you to shreds, Ryan. I don't know. But, I no, guess. you're using some really nice words about that team in Ann Arbor. Man, I, look, I hate Michigan. The one thing that we have is, is – one thing that we have that's similar, Jay, as Ohio State fans and Notre Dame fans is that we all hate Michigan, right? Can't but stand we, them. We, we can agree on this. We dislike – what do you guys call them? The team up north or whatever, yes, right? Like they, yeah, they, yeah. yeah. I, I, I can't stand Michigan. They're my least liked football team ever. I just do not like the University of Michigan. But going into that game, man, I'll, I'll say this: JJ McCarthy, I thought was a quarterback for Michigan, was a very. He was a game manager, right? Like they asked him not to mess it up. We have Blake Corum, we have Donovan Edwards, we have a good offensive line. Just don't mess it up, man. Just make enough plays. That game, you got um, Ohio State made him look much better than he possibly was. That I think he actually is, and that was because safety play in that game was bad, man. Like, it, and it wasn't just Ronnie Hickman. Lathan Ransom didn't have a good game in that one as well. But like, man, I, I think that they really 
showed the worst of Ronnie Hickman in that game. And like, that's one game where if I'm an NFL value, I go back and watch and I'm like, all the things I love about Ronnie, his ability in the box, whole tackle, he's a tenacious football player, right? And it, I think short area stuff is pretty good, man. Like, I think he's pretty explosive, gets downhill, plays mid hole okay as a pass coverage player. He just, I just don't think he's the greatest athlete of all time, man. I don't think he's a great athlete. And I think that that gets exposed working from depth a little bit. I don't think he's going to be a post safety at the next level. I think he's going to struggle consistently playing over the top and working from depth. I think that that game and senior bowl as well, and the fact that he has chosen not to test at all this, this draft process is showing that he is just very role specific at the next level. And I think that he is a pure box, strong safety, a guy that needs to play the line of scrimmage needs to play on the second level at times and needs to play special teams. And all that to say is that role's pretty important still, man. Yeah. Like we yeah. underrate special teams and the ability to be a backup safety at the next level. I think Hickman could stick as a safety at the next level. I do. Cause I think that he's smart enough. I think he's tenacious enough and I think he'll be a very good player on special teams. So those things are sticking points. It's just before the season, I was like, okay, a lot of good to watch out of Ronnie Hickman, right? Can he take that next step? And I think there was just some parts of his game that it got exploited and you got to see more of, and you're just like, yeah, there are some limitations to his game, but that doesn't mean he's not a good football player. It just means that he might be a very scheme-specific and role-specific player, which I think Ronnie Hickman is. Correct. Ron, I actually want to add another defensive player at the end of this. Um, yep. We'll get to it here in a second. He's a D-tackle. Um, just kind of give your butt, your ear mindset there with that yep. one. But as we got to move a little bit quicker with this show, as something popped into my head, what <laughs> round do you think Ronnie Hickman is selected in this year's draft? I think he's going to be a mid-day three football player just because of the limitations. I still think the teams are going to take a gamble on him, though, because I think that he is a guy that projects favorably as a special teamer at the next level, and that's what day three is for, man, like finding those guys that can contribute in that role while developing, hopefully, as a role player on the back end. I think fifth, sixth round, somewhere in that ballpark. I think fifth round is a very easy option for a guy like Ronnie Hickman because he's a good football player. Just, again, there's just some limitations to his game that we've already talked about. Cam Brown is a player that going into the season – Ryan came on here and was very excited about Cam Brown playing another year at Ohio State and seeing better football and a healthier Cam Brown. Got some healthy Cam Brown at, at times. The better football being played was not always there. I yes. For those of you that don't know, leading into every season, past couple years, I've had Ryan on to do some pre-draft, preseason draft talk, talking about players at Ohio State that are draft eligible, what they might be in the next NFL draft and kind of like what they need to work on and what they need to show to be better pro prospects during the season. And so prior to that show, going back in my mind, a little memory bank here, I remember talking to Ryan and Ryan was like, well, I'm getting kind of higher on him. I kind of like what I see. Yeah, uh, I do. We, and Ryan and I joke, talk, text every now and then. So I was like, okay, cool. Like Ryan believes in him. Maybe I should too. No, I, I, Ryan, I no. That belief you had there, I did not go all in on during the season. And I think we're on the same page here. Um, Cam Brown is not a guy. Either one of us is all in on going into the NFL. Man, that, that was that was definitely a miss for me in the preseason. I thought that he could potentially be a third to fourth round draft pick. I really did. Because I watched the Penn State game from 2021, Jay, 
And there are a few reps, man, when he was impressed against Jahan Dotson, where he took that dude into the sideline. I was yes. like, oh, okay. Yes. All right. There's something there, man. As a press man corner at the next level, there's something. But he just just hasn't gotten better. I mean, that's the point blank to it, right? Like, he didn't show improvement this year. The injuries, obviously, we've talked about a ton. But there was just lackluster, man. Like, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't – nothing popped to me, right? And then he goes to the Senior Bowl – and I forget if he was limited or if he just played, but didn't really didn't really show off much to me. But like, just nothing about Cam this year. I think really took a step forward. And I'm honestly, I'm kind of curious because I thought 2021 there were some flashes of being a good athlete as well. I'm kind of curious if some of the injuries have maybe zapped some athleticism from yeah, him. I, I yeah. don't know if that's possible, but I mean, it could be right. And that's just speculation on my part because I just didn't think he popped to me at all. I mean, even impressed this year, he just didn't really pop to me. I mean, last year he took, again, Jahan Dotson went 16th overall to the Washington Commanders last year. Like, he was a good football player, right? And he took him into the, he had a great game against Jahan, like really did when he had his man-to-man reps, but just didn't take the step forward this year. So Cameron Brown, a kid that I thought could make that rise in the preseason, borderline draftable at this point. I know we'll talk a little bit more about like exactly where I think he could go, but I think there's still some traits to like there. I think still think there's some physicality to like. It's just just did not mature and develop into the player that I think some Ohio State fans thought he could be early in his career and what I thought he could eventually be this year because I just don't I, I don't know if there was a athleticism zapped or just was a lack of confidence or a coaching thing. Like I don't know exactly what the reason for it was, but whatever it was, Cam Brown was just kind of invisible this year for Ohio State. That athleticism zap might be a hindrance for him at the next level. Actually, not might. It will be a hindrance for him at the next level. You're not going up against um, receivers from Maryland, who happen to be really good. Receivers from Penn State, who happen to be really good. Occasionally, Indiana has some good receivers. And um, you're not playing Purdue or Minnesota or Wisconsin. Iowa's horrible offense. You're not (laughs) playing those guys. You're yeah. playing the best of the best in the world. And I heard Ryan, I don't know if it was the former name of the podcast or the revamped and kind of collaboration of the podcast, Ryan, but I heard you talk about people saying, well, he's the 15th best quarterback in the National Football League. You went on to say it means he's the 15th best quarterback in the world. Like kind of give yeah. the whole <laughs> group picture of that. And um, you're talking about the best of the best players at football in the entire world. That's an elite classification that these guys are in. If you have an athleticism zap in your game, that's going to hurt you at the next level. I hope it does not. But if it's true and his athleticism has gone downward, on a downward spiral, man, it's not looking good for him in the National Football League, Ryan. It's not great, too, especially like the brand of football he plays. This is where it gets really worrisome for me. When you're a press man corner – why do you play press man, Jay? One, it's the physicality, which we already talked about, right? The ability to get hands on at the line of scrimmage, be able to match your, your your feet with your hands and stay in front and stay glued. But the one thing that people don't talk about enough is when you don't have good if, – if you have a bad jam at the line of scrimmage, you are going to get put into a position where you are in recovery mode in an instance, right? And the ability to have that makeup speed. And I just think Cameron Brown tested pretty well. I think he ran like four four five, but like – just didn't seem like that type of dude to me on film this no. year, right? Where it's like if he gets if he does not have a good early rep, good early moment of a rep, I think he's gonna get put into a position where I just don't know if he can recover from consistently. So that's one of the situations where also I'm just looking at him. I'm like, he's physical, he's a willing tackler, 
maybe he's a safety eventually. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. I think that there's a couple different ways, and he's going to have to find a way to stick at the next level. And special teams is one we talked about with Hickman, right? But Cameron Brown also, versatility on the back end is important. So, you know, can even though he played mostly outside at, uh, at Ohio State, can he play some inside at the nickel? Can he play some safety? Can he show some versatility? That's a question mark, and that's a projection. But I still think, again, there's enough physicality and enough still – moments where you can still think that he has a chance to stick. It's just not nearly what I thought it was going to be going into the year. Ryan, we got a, I believe a round three. So um, yes, or prediction for Zach Harrison round four or yep. five for Roddy Hickman. What round do you think Cam Brown will be drafted in um, over the next couple of days? I think he's a late round priority free agent type. So I think, you know, sixth, seventh round, somewhere in that ballpark could happen because again, Ohio state, multi-year starter still tested pretty well there's still some things to kind of like there but i think if nothing else he'll be a priority for agent he'll be a kid that will hear his he will get his contract very quickly after the draft so i'll say six seven to hundred well i'll just say seventh to priority free agent just to kind of keep it clean last but not least and this player was one that was on my radar but not on the original text or conversation hat ryan and i had about this show is teron vincent and i had a someone on um, it was a Houston Texans, locked on Texans, talked to me about Teron Vincent. And I was surprised because most guys don't talk about somebody in Teron Vincent's area. Someone who's a D tackle, doesn't get talked about by national by national college football people. Most Ohio State media don't really talk about him a lot. A lot of the conversation is about the D ends, the linebackers, the corners, um, the safeties. You don't really talk about defensive tackles really much throughout the season. But I believe Teron Vincent has a select good skill set that can be utilized in a good way in the National Football League. What do you see when you watch? What do you see, Ryan, when you watch the film? Um, and Teron Vincent is the focus of the day. So Teron Vincent, and the reason that people are going to keep talking about him is because of the lineage and the reputation he had coming out of high school. Of course, he was a, I think he was Baltimore, Maryland guy actually originally, so. but he was he was an IMG Academy kid, obviously, and he was a Five-star recruit, man. Like, yeah. everyone knew who Teron Vincent was. Everyone knew. And then the other reason everyone knew who Teron Vincent was because his dad is Troy Vincent, who was a really good cornerback in the NFL. And I think he's actually the president of the NFLPA now, I, I believe, if I remember Sounds correctly. Right. Like, he's right. something like that, right? So, Teron Vincent has the name recognition. He's got NFL lineage. And he's got that background as a five-star recruit. So, there was a lot of expectations going to Ohio State. As you know, I'm sure as most Ohio State fans know, didn't ever live up to that, right? Like, he he didn't. He was a – I mean, he still played a lot the last two years specifically, but he was never a guy that just showcased his skill set on a full-time basis. So, I still think there's some athleticism to work with there. I mean, the problem is that he's a little bit of a smaller player. I think the officials that we had on him – let me just verify this real quick so I don't give you bad information because I know I just saw – yeah, Taravitz was 6'1 and one eighth, so smaller kid, 305. 31 and 3 8 inch arms. So sub 32 inch arms, right around six foot one, 300 pounds. He's a smaller kid, right? He's not the longest guy in the world. I think he's got like a 76 inch wingspan as well. So there's obviously still some intrigue because he was a shrine bowl invitee, right? Which is mm-hmm. the hierarchy of the all-star games, the senior bowl, shrine bowl, east west. Um, sorry, senior bowl, east west shrine, NFL PA bowl. So obviously the second highest all-star game did invite to Ron Vincent for a lot of the reasons that I think there's still some talent there. There is obviously the pedigree and there's obviously the reputation. You're just working with a lack of production, right? So there's a 
specific role that I think some teams will still toy with, with a guy like a Teron Vincent. But at this point, man, it's just, you're bringing this kid in as a pure flyer, right? Like this isn't a past production, what he did Ohio state type of thing. This is what his last name is and what his reputation was as a recruit. You're going to hope that still some of the five-star upside, some of that five-star talent is still there. And you can try to harness that early in his career. Like that's kind of what you're betting on with the Teron Vincent. But obviously he was never that guy at Ohio state. So it's a little bit of a wild card pick. Ryan, when it comes to the role on the football field, outside of the dad and five-star yeah. and IMG, what role you think you say there's a specific role he yeah. will play or can play? What role is that? Well, he's a smaller kid, right? So when we're talking about the two-gap versus one-gap conversation, he's going to be a little bit small and limited to a guy that's going to play at the point of attack consistently, going to be able to stack, shed, be able to work two blockers at points, anchor against double teams. He's going to have to be a guy that is a one-gap penetrator, which means he's an attack-style player, right? Like he's trying to create havoc in the backfield with short area quickness. So three techniques are the position that we talk about with that ideology the most. Guys that are just there to penetrate gaps, to make plays in the backfield. That's what Teron has to show. He has got to show quickness in short areas. He's got to show ability to split gaps. He's got to show ability to finish some plays in the backfield. If he can... He has a chance to stick because in this, with how this league is predicated now, man, with so much zone blocking inside and outside, especially, and it being passing league, these guys that can create some inside penetration are very useful and they are very important. So if he can show that he can be that one gap penetration style player, a three technique at the next level, he's got an opportunity to potentially stick. But again, it's it is a pure wild card pick at, at this point. Last thing here, and this was not the reason why I had him last. He was literally on my mind in the middle of the show, Ryan. We went from a third-round prediction to a fifth to sixth-round prediction to a sixth, seventh-round, maybe priority-free agent. Yeah. My gut says you probably think of priority-free agent only that he does not get drafted. Is that correct? Do you think – this is maybe a, a bad question, but it's kind of how it kind of has to come out based off the way I just think just went down – do you think Teron Vincent gets drafted this year? I mean, I, I don't discount any possibility, man, because like it's there's going to be dart throws at the end of drafts, right? Every year we see it, there's going to be a guy that you're just like, wasn't really on my radar to get drafted, but there's something about him that a team really likes. And again, is it that NFL pedigree and, and all the conversations we're talking about and some short area quickness and ability that he has? It's always possible. I think he's a priority for agent, though. I do. I, I think that he's a player where you're going to look at it and say, Yes, he's got some things we like, but he's still small and role limited, and he didn't have a ton of production at Ohio State. So that's two major things that are working against him, right? So I think he's a priority free agent. He will definitely get brought into a camp. There's no doubt about it because, again, Ohio State, multi-years of production, and he's a guy that has the last name. So he's going to get brought in. He's going to get an opportunity. I just think that he's got a couple things working against him that could prevent him from being drafted. Ryan Roberts, our string of shows Leading into and in the middle of the NFL Draft 2023 are complete. I love this time of year. I've been busy. Ryan's been busy. It's all about seeing Buckeyes and different college football players hear their name called and be drafted into the National Football League. Ryan, if you could let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter, where they can catch some scouting stuff if they want to get some last-minute nerd notes during the draft, but also the first team. I didn't talk about it earlier. I know yep. there was a, a little – rebranding maybe of yes. the previous podcast you and Joe DeLeon were on, but you could talk about the first team and uh, some good stuff you guys are doing over there um, with that podcast. 
Yeah, I mean, if if people happen to have frequented the Believe in NFL Draft Prospect podcast, that was the old name. We had just currently rebranded it because now we're on um, on TV, on stadium and everything. So we wanted to kind of keep everything under one umbrella. So it is the first team NFL Draft and College Football Show is, is the new name of the podcast. So if you want to go frequent that, I have me and Jody Leon. We cover mostly the NFL Draft side of the of the talking points. But then we also have Matt Sims on occasionally you know, to talk college football more specifically, but also to talk some NFL draft stuff as well. So that's former college football and NFL quarterback, Matt Sims, who has joined kind of the podcast on an exclusive basis. So make sure to check out first team rise and draft on Twitter. And man, like I said, Jay, I'm excited for this man. And, you know, before we know it, we'll be talking about Marvin Harrison and Mecca Buka and all those cats next year, man. So I'm excited for it. Looking forward to it. That's a string of shows Ryan and I will be doing in the fall. Um, I look forward to those. This may be the one time I don't talk about a quarterback. I have to. <laughs> um, if there's a starting quarterback listed at that time, it's Kyle McCord. I will, we will do a show about him. But we don't know much about him. I just hope Kyle McCord's a guy. Um, I think he's I, I think he's a front runner. Um, we'll have to wait until what Ryan Day thinks um, once fall camp starts in a few months. Guys, right here on a Friday. You can follow me on Twitter at jstephen07. You can send all, the, all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. If you missed our live reaction to the first round um, last night on YouTube, it's available on YouTube and also on Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get to find podcasts. It's available there as well. Hadn't gone live in a while. It felt, it felt good to instantly react to something that's going on with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Guys, out of here on a Friday. The draft is today and tomorrow. Sit back, relax, get some popcorn and a drink, get some food as well. Just enjoy this time, enjoy the draft, and enjoy seeing Buckeyes hear the name called as they enter the National Football League.